0: Do 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 Another shitty podcast, yeah. Another shitty podcast, yeah. Another shitty podcast, yeah. Another shitty podcast, yeah. Trent Bruce and Nick Grace, Nick Grace and Trent Bruce. Another shitty podcast. Another
1: shitty podcast. Season 2, episode 2 of Another Shitty Podcast is brought to you by Shitty actions That Everybody Thinks They Can Do. And
0: nobody does it very good, including myself. Suck it, back. <laughs> this week is also sponsored by Slappers Only, Bitch. What's up with your week? 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 What's, what's up with your week. What's up with
1: your week? What's up with I your... know oh, that's it, All right.
0: I think that's good. Uh Nicholas,
1: what's going on with your week, buddy? Well, I before we taped this podcast, I had an audition for a commercial which was really fun. Nice. Last night you and I tried to get into a a album drop party for with Kanye West and Rick Rubin.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't know how much we can say about it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so a friend of mine had a connection at this bar. Uh, So right after trivia, we were going to go hang out because Nick's Cousins in town. We were just going to go hang out at a bar or two in Venice. Get a text. Hey, come to this thing. There's like celebrities here. This is crazy. Like, all right, dude. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was like this album, not release party, but it was like, I guess a thank you to the, all the folks that worked on the album. Mm-hmm. We won't mention the bar. We but definitely there's... stood out like a sore thumb, man. Clearly, mm-hmm. we did not work on the project. <laughs> nope. Nope. And we just had a lot of fun. Morty, you gotta flip them off. I told them it means peace among worlds. How hilarious is that? Dance the Munch saw this dope-ass music studio that apparently some of the equipment, uh, the like the actual equipment, not just yeah. the version, but...
1: The actual equipment that the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and a bunch of other people have used, and as Kyler would say, um, it it doesn't he say it fucks Tame Impala in the ass. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's it's all real and it's all analog. It was cool. Um, Like you said, my cousin is in town, so I've been hosting him the last couple days. Uh, I'm getting. I love my family. I'd love it if I didn't have to host one for a second, though. <laughs> so, it like it's, it seems like take. it's been a while. Um, the week before, Hot I was take. in San Diego with my brother, because he flew in for work to Tijuana, but they put him up in San Diego, so I got to go spend um, oh, cool. essentially a full day with him, which is fantastic, and I loved that, and... You
0: just have a very large family, Nicholas. Yeah, I
1: do have a very large family. Like When you're like, my ones.
0: cousin's in town, I'm like, cool, just another resident of Michigan. Right. <laughs> Your whole state of Michigan is just a bunch of graces. Right. And for
1: the most part, we're all pretty different. They're, yeah. They're, we're all ends of the spectrum, which is cool. We're all good We're all good people. We're the best people. We are the best people. No, but I have 23 cousins. That's insane. It's a lot. And that is... What's up with my week? Trent, what's up with your week, my dude? Um,
0: Did trivia. Um, Kind of back to, I guess you could say a normal week. Or a chill week. Uh, last week was crazy. Filming three days. Had a film premiere that went well. Um, you did the Q&A, Nick. Oh, or right. He was the moderator. Thanks for doing that. But yeah, man. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is going on. Oh, I saw Pusha T on Monday. Dude. Tonight... Um, or tonight, yeah. Uh, I'm seeing. I can never. I can never know how to say the name. It's l- it. Bin, cringe bin, Kringbin. Cr- it's K H R U A N G B I N.
1: Cool. I I got no help for you in it. Although I did well, insert a clip. Get right first here. place in sixth grade spelling bee.
0: Anyways, I even though I, I I don't know how to say the name of the band. <laughs> I really dig the band. They're really chill. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go see them, but it's in Pomona. It's a long drive. Ugh. Ooh, Fresh can I get heart.
1: you to touch on the, the the film that you directed?
0: Oh, dude, yeah, just real quick. Um, yeah, man, um, my buddy Taylor uh, wrote it, and he's acting in it. And it's I don't want to give too much away, but it just it's one actor. Is it a
1: cool experience? Basically, <clears throat> what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah, it's about a guy that works and lives. No, no, no. Uh, like, what's it about? Did oh. you have
1: fun experiencing Jesus, being in the director's Nick? chair? <laughs> We're not going to give away what it's about or else no one's going to see it. I can talk a little bit about no, it. I don't talk about it. I just
0: want to know how you felt doing let it. Me,
1: let me talk. All right. I guess this is half your
0: pot. Jesus. <laughs> so, first of all, it's about a guy that works and lives from his home. And you kind of just see the ebbs and flows of his day, trying to keep it together, trying to stay positive. Uh, so, there's some funny moments. There's some, like, a little more somber moments. That's all I'll say about it. Nicholas, <laughs> suck my balls. But, no, directing, I No, li- thank you. I uh <laughs> I learned a lot, and uh, it's interesting. It's interesting for someone who's written before and being in front of the camera plenty of times to, to be back with the you know the director of photography and kind of watching what's going on and um, being the one to kind of, I guess, make all the executive decisions creatively. And uh, we had a small, tight crew, so people were giving their input too. Um, I learned a lot. I learned some things that were... That I've done in my past as an actor or someone on a project that I'm like, you know, seeing that in, uh, in Taylor or different experiences on set. I mean, like, oh, I've done that and I know not to do that. And this, and, and there's no disrespect from anyone. Mm-hmm. There's just there's certain roles you do on set. You know, if you don't, if there's not a clear order, uh, lines can get a little blurred. Mm-hmm. And when you're all friends. And you're all creative people and sometimes you've all it, done, makes it even harder to... when you've done all, multiple roles sometimes um, that can bleed into different experiences and different projects but when you're for example when I'm a director I'm gonna do that role mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell sound what to do mm-hmm. you know you know if I'm an actor on the on the short or whatever I'm not gonna tell the cameraman what to do mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so there's some there were some things like that that I Noted to myself that either I have done or had, or was doing or other people were doing on set. And again, it's no disrespect or hate on anyone. It's just... It's just learning. I'm learning more. And uh, it's just another notch in the belt. And I actually really enjoyed it. It was grueling. 12-hour days. I haven't done that in a little while. Um, Just standing and being on set in a hot apartment all day. But I think we've got some really cool shit. And... I, I'm anxious to see the cut, man, and to get my notes and to, uh, you know, cut a couple times and then eventually get the final product. So I would love to do more of it. It's it's just uh, it's and it's an interesting thing being, not in front of the camera, but having a big stake in what's happening on camera. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I loved it. It was cool. I would love to do more short, shorter things, short form stuff, web series, sketches. Short films uh, to just spread my wings a little more. Yeah, I felt really confident in doing it. Um, I was in my head the entire time. But um, yeah, if you're not nervous about something or anxious to an extent, then it's probably not worthwhile. It's probably not uh, important to you. If you're very, whatever, indifferent to it, um, or even just, uh, what's the word, content, even, probably shouldn't be doing it. You should probably just stop doing what that is, whatever that is, and it doesn't have to be a creative outlet or entertainment or film. But if you're just going through your day, day to day, being like, I'm indifferent about this, or I'm content, or, or if, especially if you don't like it, right? But if you find something that you that gets you excited, that does make you nervous because you want to do well at it, there might be something there. So that's my week. We're gonna send it outside for the weather report with uh, Sean Connery. Yes, thank you, friends. The weather weather outside is, is,
1: it's about 75 and sunny for Los Angeles. I'm James Bond and that's the weather.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Nick and I are thrilled to have our next guest on the pod this week. Um, Very funny, very talented, very intelligent, especially when it comes to this subject. Uh, Tom Newell, welcome to the pod, baby. Hola, dudes. What's going on? It feels like we should have had you on a lot earlier. I, I mean, I would say that I agree with you, but I
2: haven't listened to your podcast, so I don't know if it's like new or old. Well, just to let you know, just to let you know, you've been on the the docket for a while. Great, so. great, great. Well, listening to your podcast is now on the docket for me. <laughs> listening to the one that you're on. We have been great. trying to set this up for a while because we
1: wanted to get you on to talk about James Bond.
2: Bond.
0: James Bond. Damn straight. Yeah, we're doing a James Bond episode. Um, I think out of anyone I've ever met, you are the the most the biggest connoisseur of this franchise. By that. Yeah, I can't remember what year it was, but we watched, I think we watched Bond all day for Thanksgiving at y'all's place.
2: I can do this all
0: day. We did, that was at the, that was
2: um, that back in the Hollywood place, so oh, I, you might have been there. No, no. no um, it was, it was, We. I mean, I haven't had TV, like, channels as an adult ever, because, you know, I was born in the 80s, so we just got rid of that shit. <laughs> um, but no, we, uh, I had, like, the Blu-rays, or the DVDs, or whatever, and, and uh, you know, they always do, like, a Bond thing on TBS yeah, or Spike yeah. or whatever. And so, oh, well, everyone's coming over for Thanksgiving. We were spending the whole day together. So I just, like, programmed a few of the Bond flicks. Um, and I think, we, you know, we watched, like, five. And I think I picked one from each Bond, I think, is what I did. Mm. And uh, just had them playing through the day. So I, I think the only one that we all, like, sat down and watched was the last one after Dinner with Scold and I. At that point, we had, we didn't. I don't think we ended up actually going into the Craig era. But uh, Did you watch them chronologically? I did. I, I, I don't always watch them chronologically, but... Um, quite often I ask people to watch them in chronological order because they are like it is a running series they, they there are like direct sequels and it's a big misconception in the series that like none of them follow each other like many of them actually like reference earlier ones and don't exist without uh, one you know there are certain like Roger Moore stories for instance that don't exist without the Lazenby story and it's like oh, oh cool oh, so if you didn't watch the one with George Lazenby you're literally missing out on shit that like mm-hmm. Roger Moore is doing and Dalton is referencing and is referencing um, so like you want to watch them all and it if seems you watch like, In Order it helps it seems like that
1: in, in every movie there's at least one but they don't gratuitously do it but at least
2: one mention of something from his past yeah that they probably mentioned in another movie there are movie. often references and men, like sometimes they're more blatant than others like mm-hmm. the Roger Moore one I was re- referencing is um, in Free Your Eyes Only which was his fifth Bond film uh, the first one in the 80s, the first one that John Glenn directed, who directed every entry in the 80s, is the most prolific Bond director of the entire franchise. He was editing them before that. Oh, wow. But um, For Your Eyes Only, they actually they did a direct reference to Honor Majesty's Secret Service because they weren't planning on having Moore back. That was, I think, the second time that they had tried to get Dalton in the role, mm-hmm. and he had turned it down again, and Moore came back. Uh, and so they had already written the film, and the first scene is him visiting the grave, of his dead wife. And he marries the woman and she dies in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. He, he marries her and then it's the last scene of the film. Uh, they drive away and she immediately gets assassinated and the movie cuts to credits. And it's a great Bond story.
1: Which is why in uh, the the one Dalton that we were watching, mm-hmm. Living Daylights, I think it was. Uh, License to Kill. License to Kill. Yeah, yeah, They mention
2: about how his wife died. Mm-hmm, they do. And, and, and Brosnan mentions in one of his films, I forget which one, uh, that he had been married at one point. Um, and the opening of Diamonds Are Forever, which was Connery's return, uh, he basically goes on a vengeance mission because it's Blofeld who killed his wife, so to kill Blofeld. Um, and so, like, essentially every Bond actor until Craig, which rebooted the timeline, referenced probably one of the least seen films in the entire franchise. And I think that that's like that's to the detriment of the fans. Like, they should be watching that movie. It's, in, in my opinion, if I took my Bond rankings on Her Majesty's Secret Service, is actually the second best of the entire franchise. Whoa. I don't get to a Connery film, I think, in my ranking until, like, the third or fourth. Uh, so it's pretty, yeah. You
0: know. Well, <clears throat> before we get into... I think we should do a little bit of that. But before we get into that, uh, T.M. did give us a homework assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched, uh, prior to recording this... License to Kill, and The Living Daylights. Both uh, the Dalton films. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I understand that Dalton is your favorite?
2: Dalton is absolutely my favorite James it, Bond. It would,
0: it would be t Hom's favorite. Everyone, everyone, I feel like the Bond, right? He's the Bond that's, like, shit on the most.
2: Uh, him and Lazenby. Like, yeah. the thing, he, Dalton is shit on more than Lazenby because nobody knows that Lazenby exists. Yeah. Again, to the detriment of their fandom. Like, yeah. they're both very strong. Uh, they have very strong entries in the series, so...
0: I... uh, Let's get into this. Uh, After watching both of them, I was really scratching my head of why uh, Timothy Dalton, I don't know if it's because of other things in his career or out in his personal life, why he gets such, like, the short stick on his Bond run, because I thought both of those movies were highly entertaining. Mm -hmm. I thought they fit very well with the character. I Yeah, I, I didn't get taken out of it. Like, I was fully believing this guy's Bond, and he's Mm -hmm. killing it. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, I have
2: a theory. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. I think that in order to be accepted as James Bond in the zeitgeist, uh, because obviously Sean Connery, I think, is probably the most favored Bond. I think most people would say that he's the best. How much of that is just because he's first, right? Because he didn't keep his Scottish accent, it. Bond is not Scottish, right? Well, Bond was not Scottish. Ian Fleming was actually very pissed at the cast of Scott because, of course— there's like a very, there's a regional sort of prejudice in Britain, uh, against the Scott, especially like in the 1960s. Right. And Fleming, if you read the books and I've read some of them, like he does not hide his prejudices. They do not age well in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was real pissed that they cast a Scott, but after watching Dr. No, which was the first, um, he was blown away. He loved Connery and he actually wrote Scottish heritage into Bond's character in a later book okay. um, in, in like an ode to Connery's great performance. Mm-hmm. So, uh absolutely i think a lot of it is attributable to him being the first uh he did uh in the films invent the role uh there was actually a tv movie in the 1950s uh where um casino royale was was made into a movie before any of these were made into a movie it was a tv movie of the week starring i, fr- I forget the guy's name but he's the hotel owner in the shining um and it's american agent jimmy oh. bond and peter Lorre is le Chiffre, and it's it's I've never seen it. It's not supposed to be very good, but like that's technically the first Bond, but the first of the canon entries, which are the the Connery films Mm -hmm. minus Never Say Never Again and all of the you know ones we know. Lazenby, Roger Moore, Dalton, Brosnan, and Craig. So cool. Um, But I do have a theory about why Dalton and Lazenby especially get shit on, and I think that to to get accepted in the cultural zeitgeist of being, like, a good Bond, who are the Bonds people defend? They, they, clearly, they defend Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people defend Roger Moore. Uh, he does get the short end of the six sometimes, but, like, you also have very strong defenders of him. Uh, he, he has been in the most Bond films. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I mean... How he, many? Seven. Okay. Um he actually is the only Bond to have gone up against Sean Connery at the box office the same year with Never Say Never Again. And his oh, bo- no Octopussy, shit. That's awesome. Octopussy and Never Say Never Again came out at the same year. Um And wow. uh, his grossed like $80 million more.
1: Was there any overlap between the two? Like was um, – or especially with Moore because he was, he was on it for so long. Was there anybody like there was a Bond and then there was Moore again being Bond? What so, do you mean? So like maybe – like, Roger Moore did a few movies. Then there was a new Bond, and then Roger Moore did more movies. No, the only time so. that happened was
2: Sean Connery. Oh, okay, Sean Connery left and came back. So Sean Connery left and was George Lazenby. Lazenby decided not to return, um, and then Connery came back for one more role. He was paid. He was paid a million dollars to do Diamonds Are Forever, which was the highest paycheck in history at that point for for an actor. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he came back whatever it was, like 15 years later to do Never Say Never Again. And that came out the same year as Roger Moore's Octopussy and Octopussy outgrossed the Sean Connery one by like 80 million in the early 80s. It was a huge success. Wow. Um, hence why Roger Moore like stayed in the role like too long for thinking like age because his movies were really, really successful and really well regarded. So like he, he gets the shorter than the stick sometimes now, but he also is well, like very defendable. Pierce Brosnan, people love. He did four of them. Um, I think arguably he only made one good Bond film, but like Which was Goldeneye is yeah. his good one. Uh and then Craig is obviously very defendable as well. He's he's making his fifth entry right now. Um, Dalton and Lazenby. Lazenby got one, Dalton got two, Goldeneye, in theory it was it was titled something else, was supposed to be Dalton's film. Mm. Um he was he was signed on for three films. And after, there's a six-year gap between License to Kill and GoldenEye. It's the longest gap in the history of the series. Is because there was a rights issue, and they didn't know who was going to distribute the film. It took six years. Holy and basically, shit. they were developing the newest film, writing the script. Dalton had read the script, and he had liked it. And then six years later, uh, when they were ready to roll, uh, he said, guys, it's six years. Like, we're six years on now. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I am a big actor. I don't need this. And, uh, you know, he said thanks but no thanks essentially and then they went with Brosnan um, who was actually he replaced Brosnan originally as well Brosnan was hired for Living Daylights and couldn't get out of his TV contract for Remington Steel and Dalton wow. it was Dalton's I think third time that they had asked him to take on the role and basically because he was friends with the producers finally said like oh you're in a bind because they had hired Pierce and announced Pierce he was James Bond Pierce would have been a very young Bond then he would have um, but there are, the youngest Bond is Lazenby he was 30 when the movie came out um but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's probably all for the better, to be honest. Like, I think Brosnan, he would have been really young. And, you know, I'm not sure how well that would have been regarded. I think that, like, basically mid-30s up is, is, is a really nice place to start, if not in your 40s, for that role. Um, but, yeah, without getting that third entry, I think that you're doomed to fail as, like, a Bond actor because even when you look at these guys third movies generally speaking those are the ones that we remember mm-hmm. um, I mean the third one for Braz and his world's not enough and it's it's shit unfortunately, but he, <laughs> he sort of breaks the, breaks them all But the third one for Craig is Skyfall the third oh, one wow. for Connery is Goldfinger The third one for Roger Moore is Spy Who Loved Me These are arguably considered to be the best entries of each actor's entire Bond of war mm-hmm. and so like without getting there because that's when they sort of get to have a little more control of their character. At that point, they're no longer doing an impression of a former Bond, the whole thing. Yeah, It's just people respect them more. They're remembered better. Dalton never got that chance. Obviously, Lazenby never got that chance. That's why I'm against Idris Elba being cast. He's not been cast. Uh, my understanding is that he's never even had like a meeting about it, or at least not recently. It's just that's a That's like an internet thing? Yeah, it's an on. internet thing. And I think he would be an amazing Bond in one movie. And I guarantee you he would only get one or two, and he'd be aged out. Because he would be one of the... He would be... I think for the role, he's very he's up I thought, there. I at, thought you
1: told me once that he's already the age of Roger Moore at his oldest or something. Not
2: at his oldest, but uh, I mean, Idris Elba is, I think, approaching 50 at this point. Yeah. So, like, Roger Moore started at 47. So, I think if Idris had a movie come out after Craig's next movie, which is next year, it'll be at least two years for a reboot to happen. It mm-hmm. might be three. Idris Elba would be 50. He would be the oldest starting Bond ever, and he would get one or two movies. And he'd be, he would age out. He'd be done. And um, people would shit on him because of that. Yeah. And I would probably be sitting here on this podcast four years from now defending the shit out of a great performance from a great actor in a great Bond film, but nobody would appreciate it because he didn't get to that, that point. And I think if you're not going to be able to get to three Bond films, that's how you got to plan these actors out, I think because uh, that's where I think the culture really shifts as like we're no longer remembering the last person we're now like in the
0: new person yeah um, so you think that's the main reason why Dalton didn't get the accolades absolutely yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of like there's a lot of fandom for him and, and
2: um, he is technically considered to be the most accurate towards the book's portrayal Okay. so he is that version of Bond that's what I'd
1: heard mm-hmm. yeah
2: and he's uh, very famously he was uh, I mean I don't know if Pierce or Daniel have done this but like he was the only actor to every day on set he would have the original novels with him and he would read them in between scenes oh um, he also has one of the best um resumes of any bond actor arguably the best he's from the royal shakespeare company so right. he's like a well-regarded actor in his own right as opposed to like sean connery was in like an irish leprechaun musical before he was james bond like you know what i mean like pierce brosnan his spy show on nbc was like comedic yeah. and then he did a bunch of tv action movies okay uh, Daniel Craig. I mean, you guys probably don't even remember what he was in before that, but he was in. You know, Layer Cake was great. Right, Layer Cake was and cool. but I didn't even watch He Layer was Cake the junkie. Until, Perdition. That's
1: right. And Layer Cake, which I'm, I understand is like that's kind of the movie that got him Bond. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But that was a movie that me and probably most people didn't watch until after they found out he was Bond. Yeah. I oh, mean, they're yeah. like, oh, what else has he done? And exactly. He's Layer Cake and Layer Cake exactly. is good, but yeah.
2: Roger Moore was the most famous. He was actually a TV star. He was the Saint. Very famous okay. TV role, um, and uh, so it, it was a good casting idea. And then obviously, Lazenby was not an actor before he became Bond; he was yeah. a model, very successful one. But um,
1: Dalton yeah. is um, re- refreshingly realistic mm-hmm. to to have turned down Bond twice because he just didn't think he was
2: he was old. He didn't enough think he was old the, enough yeah. for the yeah. character. He was originally offered the role in his twenties. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, really young. You look at pictures of Timothy Dalton in his twenties; you're like, thank God, you said no. Well, and We're he's a like baby face, yeah.
0: Not, you know. Not a lot of these guys have I guess Connery did, but like his stature. He's not like a broad dude. He's like, yeah. he's a
2: really skinny dude. I do think Dalton's the tallest if I remember right. But oh, really? correct. He is like he's shirtless and licensed to kill a, a bit and he's very he's like small. Like he looks
0: like a normal like
2: dude. Generally, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: that's the thing I like too about uh Bond, it's not necessarily like these gigantic Um, obviously it's, look. Craig was the first jacked one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's obviously separate from like the Rambos and, and you know, and Predator, like those kind of action movies. He's not a martial artist. He is like, he's a bit of a street brawler, but he's using uh, his head
2: most of the time. Right. Are
0: there any, and this is just my ignorance. Are there any, uh, either in the movies or the books where there's like a, Batman Begins kind of thing where he's like training or like he goes to school, like, like bond school, Well, you figure out like, how is he so smart? Like, how does he know how to do all this? Like, okay. um, not that I'm aware of, like, but I haven't you know. read all the books. Um, so the
2: books there, are there, are, I, I forget how many novels now. Um, it's like 17 or 18 and then there are a number of short stories. Um, but Casino Royale is the first book and my understanding is that's the first chronologically the first story he appears in as well. And I mean, you know, it's just him becoming an agent essentially, yeah. but I it's don't... not like an academy
0: or, um... no. And we
2: know little bits of his past. We do know that, um, I don't think Skyfall invented it. I do believe he was an adopted, like in Scotland person, uh, or young, young boy. Um, and there are, again, there are references to things on how he like evolves. Like it's really telling that Roger Moore's version of Bond, which was the, considered to be like the most playboy-esque. Like they all obviously mm. sleep around and use their sexuality as a tool. But like Moore, that was his biggest tool. His physicality couldn't really match Connery and later like Dalton or whatever. But but he was very sexual. Um, and But that comes post Honor Majesty's Secret Service. The one woman that James Bond said, I could live, I could be with this person for the rest of my life, could, like got married to her. She's assassinated immediately. Mm-hmm. Like that that changes the perspective of why does Bond sleep around? Mm. It's actually not in the story, in the canon idea. It really isn't about just using these women. Much of it, well, I guess it is using them, but it's not It's not as empty as people think. It's, it's a coping mechanism. Oh, wow. It's his way of... I never knew that. He keeps women at a distance because yeah. he, he let one in, and the worst thing happened because she she died immediately. Yeah. She got shot in the face. Uh, he had to live with the pain for the rest of his life. And that's why he's so. That's why he keeps his partners at length, yeah. uh, at an arm's length, because it's it, uh, it hurts too much. Wow. So oh, certainly shit. there are reasons <laughs> for these things that the way that the character moves on and all that stuff. But cool. um, and he was he was a playboy before that. I mean, the first few Bond films clearly he sleeps around. But um, there's just it's it's interesting that, that was Moore's take that he was even more sexual, uh, and then that was post. That traumatic experience for the character. Yeah.
1: So. So you said that all of the all of the movies pre-Craig were one,
2: kind of like they were. Um, many of them reference they, they just delineance. clean
1: slated when Craig got it. Yeah. Reboot. So,
2: really interestingly, so it was a reboot. Uh, but the first two Craig films, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and then Into Skyfall. Right. There's a bit of a time jump. We don't necessarily know exactly how long. Uh, the the distance between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall are. Because Quantum started minutes after Casino ended, right? Um, And so that whole story, I don't know how long it takes, but let's just say it's four months of his life, right? Um, Then Skyfall happens. And if you remember, Skyfall is... Casino Royale is his first mission as a double O. And Quantum of Solace is a few days later. Mm -hmm. So he's a newer agent. Um, Skyfall, he is taking a test or whatever to, like, rejoin... Mi6 after he gets shot in the opening sequence. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm not gonna keep anything secret here. Like, if you haven't seen the James Bond movies, you just got a deal. Is yeah. that the first time Bond's ever been shot? By the way, because he's the bad shot, guys yeah, in, in Bond are notoriously terrible. He's been, he's been <laughs> shot plenty of times. I mean, he is. You only live twice. He's murdered in the first scene, and then he just they they just never really explain how he comes back. He, he's it's a it's a it's a setup, but it looks like he's murdered. So I mean, yeah, he's been shot and he's been injured. But there are a lot of like. Oh man, I wonder. I wonder if
0: there's like a super cut of like every shot missed. Hey, and man, be miss. And they miss hours. hours. <laughs> there's bullets all over the walls of like. <laughs> they <laughs> miss from like five
1: and ten feet away. Yeah. It's not even close. Oh though. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Uh,
2: Especially if they The head head sharks, can you too? Um, but yeah, so there's like a jump and he's like too old, remember, to test back in, in Skyfall. He's like, oh, you're too old to be an agent now. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking... Like the last two movies were his first mission. Mm-hmm. So how is he too old now? And so there was like fan speculation that it wasn't a clean slate reboot. It was literally just the first story. And now we're back in continuity. Uh-huh. But then Spectre comes out and it rewrites all of that. And, and it and now Blofeld is played by Christoph Waltz and he's the author of your pain. And, uh, of all your pain or whatever the fuck, I think he sounds a little more like Arnold Schwarzenegger there, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, and you know, he's literally like referencing the bad guys in the Craig movies, like with pictures and shit. He's like, Oh, I sent all these guys to get you, which is totally unbelievable, ridiculous, and amazing. Um, and so the, the Craig, the Craig movies are their own. There was a time when they, they, ne- they weren't necessarily their own timeline, but now they are, they are legitimately their own timeline. The other stories don't exist in this timeline. Um, which i think is unfortunate to be quite honest i think i, I don't like that creative decision I, I would have liked if we just kept going because bond doesn't really age all that much you know and it yeah. just sort of keeps going and uh having the prequel film just sort of happen first and now we see him as he's a little bit older after all these other films have happened okay like i'm into that but that's that's not what happened so i feel like damn near every
0: franchise kind of does that they'll There'll be a well, that's true. That's point. the new thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's happened a lot before, but like, it's it's very in vogue at the moment. Yeah.
0: Um, do we want to talk about the two homework assignments we had? I think we should do it. Yeah. Uh, which one do you want to do first, Nicholas? Let's start with um, the the first one. Well, I'm blanking on the name. Living daylights. They're They're living, living daylights. Living Daylights. Yeah. One of my favorite. It starts titles off with the paintball the whole scene. franchise.
1: Yeah. All gone bad.
2: All gone wrong. I think that uh, Dalton. I he has my my second favorite entrance of. A Bond. Uh, I think Connery has my favorite uh, just at the casino table uh, the woman asking who are you and he's like lightning is a cigarette Bond, James Bond. It's perfect. It's really yeah. great. It's beautiful. It's colorful. It's just a great introduction to the character. And then obviously each one as they recast there's always a new intro. Golden Knight has a decent one. Though the first time you see Pierce Brosnan he's literally hanging upside down inside of a bathroom toilet it's just weird I can't wait a weird watch thing. some of these. I rewatch some of these. Um, but, uh, but Living Daylights I mean it's amazing. That paintball scene of like the on the side of a cliff, essentially. Yeah, and you knew that you were getting a new Bond. They had advertised mm. this on the new Bond. Okay. Um And it was, they were advertising, Dalton is dangerous. Oh. Um, which is such a great way to advertise it. Yeah. Uh, and then in License to Kill, he was such a mean one. License to Kill, the whole thing was, uh, his bad side is a dangerous place to be. And you're just like, fuck yeah. Um, but So you didn't know which one was James Bond, because they're all these tall, brunette dudes. Yeah. And then they're dying. Right. And then, oh yeah, yeah, it was on purpose. And then, of course, he does that turn after the one guy gets cut off the... His rope gets cut and he falls and they push the camera in and the wind's blowing his hair and you're just like, yep, this is... And then he jumps on a truck which which <laughs> yeah. lights on fire while he's on it and he lights on fire. This is the and opening jumps,
0: This is the open scene.
2: Then as the truck flies off of a cliff, he jumps out with his parachute and then lands on a yacht with a woman so, complaining. So there's
0: a woman on a phone, yeah, oh, yeah. which
2: is amazing. A big 80s phone, yeah. A uh, big
0: 80s phone. She's complaining about the type of men that she's around. You know the country club types, the kind of highfalutin, you know, unrealistic. I, and then I think the line is, "I need a real man." Yep. And then he lands on <laughs> it. It crashes through uh, the top of it. I don't know. You don't. What do you call that? Like a tarp. The top of the yeah. Sure. Yeah. The the boat. Uh, and he lands in there. Uh, who's he called? Q. Uh, he he calls up. He calls
2: um exercise control. So okay. uh, some form of the government, right? Yeah.
0: And uh. They immediately obviously need him back for the mission or yeah. whatever. But then he says, Pick me up in an hour. What does it say? Yeah, pick me up. No, pick it up no, in an hour. The girl has a line. She like, says something and she hands him a drink. Like, only an hour or something? Yeah. And he goes, You better make it two or whatever. <laughs> and then cut to credits. And it's just, it's really, yeah, it's, it's really fun. epic, dude. It really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great It's a great intro to the character. Um, so, so, pause right there on the, the film itself. Um, do you know how or why uh, the title sequences came about? I mean, obviously it was a creative decision. They just decided to keep going. Yeah, the title sequences. I think out of any like franchise, or I mean, Jesus, I I, I think it's probably the best hands down. Like above, it's pretty consistent. It's got to be
1: up there with an, a Marvel with the comic books thing comes to mind. I don't. Know. I can't movie. think of any other like.
2: But so epic. Think of it like. Those have you guys top. seen Have you guys seen Doctor No, the first one? I think I've seen uh, all of them, but a a long. Time. it's so Doctor No came out in '62 or '63, and um, it's an old ass franchise. And the title sequence is very simplistic. It's a lot of like colored dots that are dealing like Doctor No with dots and shit, and the credits, and it's very in like it was popular at the time to have opening credits. It's not so much anymore, um, which I think is a travesty. Like put people's names on the movies they worked on, yeah, Please, and thank you, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, that was what you did, and and then in From Russia with Love, they just did it again. Um, I think it was a, it was a little more um, it was a little more uh, just I guess established at that point because they also that was the first one with a with a like a title track. So the title track of Doctor No is the James Bond theme. Okay, so that's the first time you hear it, and it's it's the introduction of it. From Russia with Love has the song from Russia with Love um, over the credits and then you can really trace most James Bond traditions to Goldfinger which was Connery's third one from Russia with Love is very successful Um, fun note the reason they chose that to be the second Bond film because they made these all out of chronological order uh, was because JFK had listed it in his top 10 favorite novels of all time oh Oh, amazing Uh, it's the first Bond novel I read it's my favorite Connery entry Um, and yeah it's it's a really fun one I think um, in
0: my opinion too uh, best theme song Oh, it's up there. Shirley absolutely, Goldfinger. No, I was talking about
2: From Rush with Love for the oh. whole thing. Oh, sorry. So, Goldfinger absolutely is one of the best yeah. songs, if not the best one. And that's the thing. They've been trying to, like, redo the Goldfinger everything. Yeah. I mean, literally, Quantum of Solace has a woman covered in oil. And uh, there's always, like, Goldfinger was the first one with this really... Um, uh, really exciting and really in-depth opening credits, yeah. and they had like the woman painted in gold and all that stuff, which we, which that has become now the the singular sort of focus of these things. That there's almost always some sort of like beautiful woman, woman or women dancing and using weapons and being dangerous while there's fire or oil through or the water, yeah. yeah, and and then obviously the cool credits to go with yeah. it with the great song, yeah, and that and Goldfinger is like. That's the one that they always try to redo. Like yeah. Skyfall is clearly trying to be Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. GoldenEye was trying to be Goldfinger. Um, License to Kill was trying, I think, a little bit to be Goldfinger, um, and uh, so on and so forth. And they brought Shirley Bassey back for, I think, she's in Moonranker. She
0: does, does Moonraker,
2: um, and I think there might, I think she might have done one. Diamonds more. are forever. Is that her again?
0: Diamond. Are forever. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and then obviously, like they followed that with I Tom like Jones for Thunderball. Like they just yeah. like they went, they went that way. And every time they risk it. Um, not every time, but often when they risk something new, it, it really doesn't get received well yeah. uh, and correct. Because a lot of the, like, there are a few that try to be different that are good. Like, Chris Cornell's uh, mm. You Know My Name for Casino Royale is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, and I love The Living Daylights by Aha, so, like, it works. Mm. Um, but uh, but then, like, I don't know, like, the Alicia Keys, Jack White one, it's absolutely atrocious. Mm. And the Garbage one for... uh was not enough is terrible madonna's diamond of the day like maybe that could have been the, an
0: ninth, okay to the 90s track ones it are just like doesn't rough
1: when, yeah in in um the living daylights there's that one song that they play a bunch that is uh i think it's called where is
2: everybody gone mm-hmm. where is everybody gone it's <laughs> such an it's such an eight it's first, first one of, of all, all both that's these plus movies the pretenders dude. 80s oh they're super 80s, 80s. Yeah. I, I think 80s. i think the one thing that if i could have changed anything about the two dalton entries mm-hmm. i would have no offense to John Glenn, but I would have changed directors. He did every '80s entry in the franchise, and they're very—they're all very similar. Um, the stunt work gets better. He got much better at making the films. The plane scene oh when like hanging onto like those bombs or whatever yeah. in in that net yeah. is mm-hmm. insane. It's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. The plane scene, the opening plane scene in License to Kill is incredible. The truck fight in License to Kill is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of cool. Um, horse work in Living Daylights. Mm, yeah. uh, and especially, like, that's the movie that came after A View to a Kill, which literally takes place partially at a horse track. So, like, it really... The horse shit in A View to a Kill sucks. But then in Living Daylights, the next movie, same director, it works really, really well. I mean, Roger Moore couldn't ride a horse at that point. So, he was too old. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like he was really, really old. And yeah. so, like, it just didn't work. But, like, Dalton is, like, riding horses. He's You can see him on the truck in the opening scene as they're driving around a cliff, you know? was yeah. clearly the insert with rear projection, but there's also... Very clearly, like Timothy Dalton on top of a truck, driving down a road. Like right. that's they didn't have access to that with a lot of the other bonds, um, which I think also helped his entire performance because it just made you believe that this. Like they were advertising him as the more dangerous one, the darker one, and to see him do those sort of more dangerous stunts, if stunts, you will. Yeah, uh, and there were obviously stunt stunt men doing the work as well. Not to say that they were not a part of it, but Dalton just took because he allowed himself to to do a little bit more than some of the previous actors, it allowed the coverage to be more creative because you could be close and mm. watch the action because there could be a camera catching his face and it was fine. Whereas there's a lot of Roger Moore sequences where it's, it's very clearly not Roger Moore like running upstairs. And you're just like, there's an Eiffel Tower scene and I think it's a view to a kill and he's running up the Eiffel Tower and it's it's absolutely not Roger Moore <laughs> running up the stairs. And you're just like,
0: oh... Why don't, okay. why don't we not do that? Are, <laughs> we just are, gotta cut away.
2: <laughs>
1: are these, uh, these Dalton movies the ones where we get introduced to everything that shouldn't blow up is blowing up? Oh,
2: dude. It's very 80s. It's yeah, everything. You gotta think, 89, License to Kill. Uh, it's one of the biggest financial flops of the franchise because, first of all, it had a bad marketing campaign. It was called License Revoked until about... I don't know, four, three, four months before the film came out. Wait, really? Yeah, they were testing... Because the, t- the title now... It's great. It's awesome. But they were testing the title License Revoked um, because the story is that in License to Kill, his license is revoked. So he mm-hmm. does not have a license to kill in License to Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't necessarily make sense. Oh, but he does... <laughs> he does in the open, but um, but and then he kills a lot of people without that license. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, do, what do they do if you kill someone without your license to kill? Do you just like go to jail for a night until somebody can pick you up and then go kill someone with you who has the license? Uh, <laughs> I forgot but, my to, license. Right? I, I can't funny. kill anyone. I don't, have my, I don't have it on me. <laughs> but yeah, they tested, and obviously like the James Bond films are famous famous for their marketing. Great posters, great trailers, all that stuff. And they tested license revoked in the US market as a title and everyone was like he loses his driver's license like Americans didn't get it mm. that's this, that's literally what I thought yeah, right away yeah of course away. of course so they changed it but it also means that it has probably the worst poster in the entire franchise um, it has some of the worst marketing materials they're just not very good um, it was rushed it was absolutely rushed and and if you if you go on Google like you could go on right now and you could you could Type in license revoked poster and there's a lot of that artwork has leaked now. The stuff that was approved that they would have done and it's amazing. Mm. Like it's really great stuff. Like I, I wish they would re-release it just with license to kill on it instead of license revoked. So we had those as like our posters that we could like order as fans or whatever. But um but this was also the same year again. So talking about like the action and how like the filmmaker grew. This is '89. So Batman came out this year. Lethal Weapon Two came out this Holy year. Shit. This is the year after Die Hard. Um, both of Dalton's films haven't have. A, have a number of die-hard alums, which is fun to watch. This is the same year, if I remember correctly, that Indiana Jones and Last Crusade is out. Like, so he's going f- to, he's going to bat with all stars, right? Yeah. Here. So, like, first off, it it flopped because of it was a summer release against those other big summer blockbusters, mm-hmm. and it just it couldn't hold up. It had bad marketing, and it still made plenty of money internationally. I mean, this is a movie in the '80s that made I don't think it cleared 200 million, but like you know, Goodness. it made like 150 million in 1989. Like, I, I think we're okay. Like, yep. it wasn't a flop. Oh. And a lot of people think it was a flop, and they're just absolutely incorrect about that. <laughs> so if you take anything home from me saying that the, the Lazenby film and the Dalton films, none of those films are flops. So
1: We've kind of touched a little bit on it, but why don't we just go all the way in and get your uh, story on why Timothy Dalton is your favorite Bond. What makes What Great. separates him from the rest of them?
2: Well, the first thing that I would say about this whole thing, talking about anybody's favorite Bond, is... I don't think... If we're talking about the, the canon entries, the Eon films, Connery, Lazenby, Moore, Dalton, Brosnan, and Craig, I don't think that there's a bad bond. Mm. I think that all of them have been cast incredibly well in the films they were in. And I think that you have to look at their batting averages, like who was in better films and who was better as the character and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And they're all different. Uh, well, s- sort of. Um, I think... I think it's great to think that Connery is the best because he's the first and he invented the role and he impressed the author so much that the author literally changed the character's backstory to reflect Sean Connery as a human. Like that's really, really cool. And that can't be overlooked. Um, but Connery is only in three good James Bond movies. And um, once you get Thunderball is boring as hell. Everybody thinks so. Like it was a hugely successful film and it's beautiful but it's, it's two hours of, like, I literally couldn't tell you what happened in Thunderball. Like, I have no idea. You <laughs> to live twice. He, Connery was over it. He was a worldwide celebrity in a way that, like, most actors, mm-hmm. especially at that point, were not. Uh, literally, there's a very famous anecdote where, like, the press were following him into bathrooms to just, like, keep getting footage of him. Oh shit. Literally. Nice. Very nice, That's great. And that is the
0: closest thing to a funny joke you'll hear.
2: From
0: <laughs> <Lawrence>. <laughs> Um, the roast of Trent Bruce is on Monday, April 29th at eight p.m. at Three Weavers Brewing Company.
1: Tiam will definitely be up there.
0: Um, but
2: uh, <laughs> but yeah, so when Connery was done with the role after really hating it, he's really falls asleep and you only have twice as well. It's not a, it's not necessarily a bad movie, but he is terrible in it, and it's mm. very like it's very well accepted. Like he's just bad in that movie. Um, then we do the Lazenby B one which is in my in, like in my rankings, it's the second best Bond film ever. Um, So I think Lazenby Already like he gets a pass He's not the strongest actor But he has a great physicality But he's also Essentially impersonating Sean Connery So he's not Sean Connery And I think if he would've Gotten sequels It would've been better So he's not my favorite Connery comes back In another shitty entry So like Connery Of his like Whatever that is Six Only half of them are good Mm -hmm. So like great Sean Connery's your favorite James Bond But only half his movies are good And it sounds like It was the first three Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely The first three are great And they're really They're really rewatchable And they're very fun Then you go to Moore, and he basically, almost it's almost always like an every other for Moore, um, except for sort of his last three just aren't really that great, but Mm -hmm. all of them have good stuff, but he just basically is also probably in about three good Bond films, but he was in seven. So he's batting even less than Connery. Um, Then you go to Dalton, and like I said already, like Dalton was reading the books, and he's very, he's physically close to the character that was written about in the books. Um, He is a very good actor like I don't think anybody who even doesn't like Dalton would be like oh yeah he was he's a terrible actor like he's a really good actor he's doing a lot with the role especially showing like the vulnerable side of Bond without like um without letting down his guard uh and then also I think he's in two of the best Bond films they're both they're both in my top 10 and License to Kill is my favorite Bond film so that just Automatically sort of puts him on top. Then you go to Brosnan, and he is sort of just doing a Roger Moore, Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton mix-up thing. Mm -hmm. And then he's in four movies, three of which are total trash. Maybe not total trash. There's there's like some good stuff in all of them, but like they're just not very
0: good. I think the argument for the Brosnan films, at least for people our age, is just nostalgia. And those are the ones that we grew grew up up with, with. right? How much of but if you rewatch some of those, dude, like compared to like.
2: Yeah, the other. They they did bring him into a new decade as well, and that worked. But you know,
1: how much of Pierce's success for our generation is reflected of GoldenEye, the video game? Oh, it's a huge part of his legacy. I think that's
0: a major part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that is synonymous with that with the 64, that system. Oh yeah, you immediately think that game. You think GoldenEye, and you think Mario Kart. Let's go. Super Smash, but. Or Super Smash. Pokemon
2: Stadium. Who are you? Guys?
0: <laughs> but you no, know, I think Goldeneye though uh, the game. Uh, that's when when we were you know that age. We were kids. Every like it felt like every movie or uh, TV show had its own video game. Mm-hmm. But I think that game was so well done, and, and it is the replayability of it is so like you could pick it up right now and right. still know what you're doing. It's so fun. Uh, yeah,
1: slappers only. Just yeah, mm-hmm. slappers only. Uh, proximity mines. <laughs> proximity. <bites. laughs> the DK the motherfuckers that pick, that pick Oddjob. job. Oh yeah, like, odd job. You
0: can't. Didn't you can't they, asshole. But didn't
1: they hit Wasn't there like a misnaming in the game? Do you know this? I think I, I Oddjob know. is they made him really short in the game, mm-hmm. but odd in canon and in, mm-hmm. in the films and the books, he's actually a big dude.
2: I bet he. Yeah, I mean he would have been. He's about as tall as Sean Connery. He's I the think. dude oh, who throws the the, hat. the, the, the hat, right? Reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so it was like, they there's supposed to be a, a little person,
2: I think, that's a different the name. The man with the golden gun. And they uh, had, That's, um, oh man, what's his name? The
1: developers named him wrong. So that's no not Oddjob, they just put the wrong name on it and they just kept it. So we it. knew him as Oddjob. Yeah, we our Oddjob is short, but Oddjob in
0: canon is a big yeah. dude. Oh, wow. Like a massive dude. Incredible. Um, anyway, we haven't talked much about these two movies in, in oh, the uh what would you guys think i had a lot of fun i think I thought uh, they were really fun I thought license were... to kill was the more uh was dealing with the underwater like the aquarium
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: one yeah. i think i enjoyed that one more in the keys mm-hmm. yeah that one was brutal it's much meaner it's, yeah it's it's way more graphic obviously mm-hmm. with uh i mean they fed a Two or three people to that shark, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and then that one guy Benicio got ground up in the oh, in the cocaine. It's, yeah, it's violent. It I was is. surprised. It's
2: the first PG thirteen Bond film.
0: How bloody it was.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, all the others were PG. I think some of them were even less because of ratings being different in the sixties. Oh, okay, but PG thirteen didn't exist until I think View to a Kill would have been like the first one that might have been able to qualify, but it was still PG, and like Living Daylights is PG, and now they're all PG thirteen.
0: Yeah, uh, but the dude. Uh, I I thought if yeah, for some reason I thought of maybe like kind of like The Fly or something, but uh, that moment where they put that guy in the chamber, the pressure mm-hmm. chamber. Oh yeah. man! And I he was explodes. like, I was like, they're not going to show this. Oh, but then they did. They're do. not going to oh, show oh, this they do. It was nasty. Yeah. Dude. It was disgusting.
2: Well, and um, that guy uh, was not a good actor. <laughs> he wasn't that good. Yeah, was... but uh, Franz Sanchez's <laughs> intro in in License to Kill in the opening scene when he beats his lover and kills her, like, the person that she's uh, cheating yeah. on him with or whatever, like, that you hear his scream while they're cutting out his heart. Sure, they don't show it, but that instead of not showing that, you're on Franz and this woman, uh, I forget her character's name now, while he's beating her. And you're just yeah. like, this isn't fun. I was really uncomfortable. not fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's meant to, I mean, he's meant to be an awful character. And, yeah. And that's... He's essentially like, Pablo Escobar, right? He's supposed eight, to... be nine. so that's yeah, the Yeah, he's supposed to be that kind of... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So...
0: I think that one, though, I thought... Uh, that had that had me more drawn in. I, I mean, I like both of them. Yeah, uh, I think I, I like the uh, the water gimmick, the aquarium gimmick with that unlicensed um, kill. That was one where they're at the wedding right at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Felix yeah, Peter Slater's wedding, which they kill his bride as well. So yeah. he gets his he gets his which leg eaten off, and they kill shark, his bride. Yeah.
1: It's probably I mean obviously Bond hates that his buddy got killed, but I'm sure a lot of that is just flashbacks to his own scenario. Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing. This is the whole thing,
2: yeah. So Felix is his best friend, and he's been his best friend. Felix, like, appeared first in Dr. No. Uh, He's a CIA agent. Uh, But that actor who's in this... Let me look up his name real quick. While you're Um, looking that up, I'm pretty sure I was confused at the
0: beginning that... Doesn't Bond kiss the bride on the mouth?
2: Yeah, there was a little bit (laughs) of that. (laughs) Oh, like,
0: is Bond getting married? They were like... Grinding in the like yeah. in a private area, he
2: bit like of a, kisses her, like there's there's a hard bit of a mouth. sexual attention there. So it's David Hedison is this Felix Lighter. He's the only person before Jeffrey Wright re- uh, reprised the role to have ever reprised the role. They recast Felix Lighter every time, okay. and so he was in *Live and Let Die*, which is the first Roger Moore entry. But the the producer loved him, and they wanted if they were going to kill off Felix Lighter. I mean, he doesn't die in this film, but he's essentially he's, he doesn't appear in the Brosnan films because. I'm assuming it would be difficult to be a field agent for the CIA with only one leg uh, so he doesn't do that anymore um, and uh, the, so they brought Felix, they brought David Hedison back and he's a great Felix Leiter, he's probably, he probably is the best Felix Leiter. Um and yeah it's just fun, it's fun that this story is so personal to Bond and yeah. it's like he is really mean but f- because
0: the story warrants it. One thing I noticed throughout is that um, and I think it's the beginning sets the tone of how brutal it was, right, on their wedding day. Yeah. Uh, he wa- he he does his homework. He what be, he stays there to watch certain people get, like, killed off if he's not the one doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember that he's in that little uh, pool area behind the boat making sure, this like, this guy gets... To yeah. Him. He wants that to guy? make sure this. it's very
2: Yojimbo-esque. He's playing these people against each other, and he yeah. wants to make sure that his plans are working. Yeah. yeah. But I was like,
0: damn, that's brutal. Like He, he wants to see License
2: it. to Kill, uh, second favorite Bond girl. Definitely my second favorite Bond girl. Behind, obviously, Halle Berry, because anything she's in. Halle Mac. Berry. Do we have favorite Bond girls? Who are you guys' favorite Bond girls? Well, those are my top two. Are um, you serious about Halle Berry?
1: Dead serious. Dead serious. <laughs> when people are like... Nick, what's your type? I'm from now on. I'm just going to say Halle Berry well, is my type. Well, that's
2: fine to like Halle Berry, but do you like you like Jinx and Dying of the Day? Good for you. That's great.
1: Um, it wasn't. Rachel, is Rachel Weisz was a, a Bond girl, wasn't she? No, no, she wasn't. No, no. it was Rosalind
2: Pike and Dying of the Day with a, Halle Berry. There's like the Russian. Some there's man.
1: It's a Daniel Craig and there's a Russian girl and I can't remember her name. Oga
2: Korlyenko. Yes. Yeah, I like her. I think she's not a bad Bond girl at Jane all. Was Seymour Bond girl? She was very famously in *Live and Let Die*. Yeah. Call me, kitty cat. Ha. Okay, kitty cat. Oh, uh, solitaire. That's gonna be up there. Kitty cat. She's great. <laughs> That's gonna be up there. So, Carrie Lowell playing Pam Bouvier in *License to Kill* is absolutely my second favorite Bond girl. My favorite Bond girl is Diana Rigg, and she is she is Tracy Bond. She's the woman that marries Bond in *On Her Majesty's Secret Service*, and very famously. Bond has a car chase, right? And in that film, before they get married, and they're sort of maybe oh, gonna
0: fall in love. Goodness.
2: What? That's the wife? That's the wife? Yeah, so she was, Diana Rigg, uh, so she was on the Avengers, the TV show. So she was a, like a big celebrity casting for the film. Wonderful. And you guys probably know her from Game of Thrones. She is Marjorie Tyrell's grandmother who told who told Jamie Lannister to tell Cersei it was me. What? Oh, That's, wow. that's Mrs. James Bond. Oh, man. Okay. Um, tell Cersei. I wanted to know it was me. But she, very famously in that film, they have like an on and off again kind of romance situation. And there's a car chase scene. James Bond does not drive the car in the car chase in Honor her Magic's Secret Service. She does. And she's badass. And you watch Lazenby's Bond watch her driving while they're evading the bad guys. And you can you can like watch him fall in love with her. It'd be like, oh, this woman could save me. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in, and she's amazing in the role. She's very, she's very beautiful and very sexual, and all that Bond girl stuff that you're sort of used to. That's that's enjoyable and titillating to watch on screen. But then she's like just a deeper character. That's
1: really surprising that they would even do that for in, a woman in, the in 70s. 1969. 69 Yeah. Well, wow, that's good. It 69. was on purpose. The,
2: the Bond girl, the Bond girls, <laughs> ever since uh, ever since Goldfinger, they pretty much started to address the like sexism in the films. Uh, they don't always get to it, and, and Goldfinger has major sexism, but like. Um, Pussy Galore... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pussy Galore is played by Honor Blackman. Like, she had a Bond girl name just naturally. Yeah. But she, uh, very famously, is like, she she has... Her character has, uh, like, a fighter pilot ring of just female fighter pilots who come to save the day at the end of the movie. Like, they, try to, they tried to start addressing it early in the series. They, and it's almost like a two steps forward, one step back kind of situation. Um, but there's you can consistently see in the series where they try to sort of um maybe apologize or maybe just move forward with their their treatment of women especially as like at the character level so tracy bond is definitely in my opinion like the first of the the real major like we're gonna move this forward and then uh, least favorite would be denise richards Denise Richards is a pretty bad Bond she girl. She seems like she's a living prop.
0: The world is not enough.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there was very much, I, I really think that they just named her Christmas Jones just to have a, the one joke at the end about Christmas coming once a year. And it's like, it's really not that good of a joke either. It's very low-hanging fruit. <laughs> like um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who else? Oh, Leah Sidhu is absolutely one of my least favorite Bond girls, if not my least favorite Bond girl. She's the one from Spectre, this newest one. Okay. And there's rumors that they're going to bring her back for the next movie, and I really just hope that they don't. I thought that their relationship was terrible. You could tell that she was sleeping through the film. Um, I don't think she's generally a bad actor, but... Pussy Bloor.
0: Oh, my goodness. I know, dude. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm literally just looking at photos of uh, top Bond girls to figure it out.
2: (laughs) Trying to think about... Oh, you know what? Unfortunately, I I love Living Daylights, but I don't think Miriam Dobby... Diabo is a very good bomb Not girl. Really, she yeah. was kind of a is a bad character, character to be honest. Yeah. Like the the idea of her character is fine to me. Like this, especially woman, originally. Yeah, like this woman. Well, first off, the female sniper was a good shtick, and that's mm-hmm. the short story it's based on. It's just that opening scene or whatever. But um, the idea that this woman could be doing something to protect the man that she loves. And then she's being lied to, and who does she trust? Like, that's its own really interesting character arc. Yeah. And they really don't go much of anywhere with it. And then by the end, like, certainly, like, during that plane scene, they have her, like, driving the Jeep next to it doing some fun like stuff. But then she, like, almost crashes the plane because she's, like, not looking. Uh, it's just a weird... Yeah. And she's she's actually, like, she's um, she does a lot of humanitarian work. Uh, she's a very strong feminist, and she actually didn't take the role initially because she didn't want to be a Bond girl because they're so... Uh, flat and objectified yeah. and then she honestly like she took like i said unfortunately i think she took one of the worst ones to be honest um the but, end of that movie is,
1: is like kind of clueless almost dalton yeah. it's dalton does a great job but you can tell that he's like frustrated with her in the plane mm-hmm. because y- you can just read Doesn't on his face too yeah I you think. can read on his face that he's just like oh my god you are so dumb. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta go I find to this bomb everything. and go,
2: like, go kick the ass of this Nazi dude. Like, By
1: hanging outside the back of this plane. Yeah. You can't just, like, not slide into a mountain.
2: Do <laughs> you couldn't do it. The, you know where mountains are? Below <laughs> the sky. <Yeah. laughs> Every mountain is below the sky. Oh! So that's all you gotta do.
1: This reminds me of the the, the ending of that film, right? They can't find a place to land the plane.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So then they 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 jump out of the plane, right? Yeah. They land next to a road that wasn't there while they were in the plane. They do, they do. But then they land next to this road (laughs) that the plane even, like, they watch it
2: fly by. The road! (laughs) They (laughs) landed on. See, 80s, right? That's what it is, yeah. Um, Well, the other, the other, go ahead.
1: uh, And going back to that one song, um, where has everybody gone? (laughs) There's one point, he's, there's like a food court. And he runs in there, and to talk to his buddy, and mm-hmm. the, the door's open, and yeah. you hear that song. A bunch of shit goes down. About five minutes later, five to ten minutes later, he's he's going back in there, <laughs> and the same goddamn
2: song is playing. Dude, they can only there's only so many songs by the Pretenders you can get written for your damn movie, dude. <laughs> yes. What are you? What are you? It must have been like come on, Nick, the old oh baby
1: by Justin Bieber of 1986. Oh god! Just the same thing oh over god. and over again.
0: So, uh, that was Living Daylights, correct? Yeah. yeah. So the other one, uh, License to Kill, he had uh, two main interests. And at the end... He does, At the end, you see that moment...
1: uh, He he breaks the heart of my second favorite Bond
0: girl, because he makes out with Escobar's... He does, yeah. But then he jumps off the (laughs) balcony into the pool in a full suit, drags her in and her gown. I appreciated that she was so heartbroken,
1: but then all he did was jump into the pool. and She turned and looked at him and goes, oh, but I love
2: you. Yeah. Okay, it's, <laughs> one those, it's one of those great movie moments where the guy does something absolutely ridiculous and it wins the heart of the girl. And then if you do that in the real world, that's when you get a
0: restraining order. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah all, all these movie tropes of like standing outside the window with a boombox, like that's a that's, stalker. It's harassment. <laughs> that's I, mean, I think that's legal harassment. Yeah uh yeah uh. <laughs> don't try this shit guys <laughs> anyway I thought it was I, and then the uh <laughs> he jumped off the balcony into the pool starts making out with that chick the other chick just kind of looks and goes and then you, walks away she <laughs> walks away with the president the president of yeah. Mexico or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It, it's just like that's empty
0: she, she just wanted it's like just a gag. It's the like, 80s yeah. though
2: Everyone was just swinging well, Remember this is a director Who did three of the Roger Moore films Like there was always This sort of awkward sense of humor um, That I think evolved In the Brosnan films And then devolved So like I think it evolved In Goldeneye And then pretty much By the time you get Tomorrow to never dies There's a bunch of weird people. The, there was again. one
1: point In one of these Dalton's And I can't remember Which movie it is But he's rappelling down A building and there's just a naked woman statue kind of thing on the building and they made sure to cut real quick while he touches her titty and then keeps going oh <laughs> man remember, remember that. do you remember? i don't know oh, so he like he's like repelling down the building and then they just like cut to him getting to this woman and he just goes just just hand on boob and then keeps going down oh wow what it's oh
2: really i weird. bet that's license to kill cuz he does repel down the building in license to kill uh, outside the casino, I didn't, I didn't and then he
1: puts the toothpaste on the yeah. So that's yeah. Yes. To get yes. Oh yeah, to get yeah. To get. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, Incredible. another favorite moment, just because I couldn't, I almost couldn't even believe that it happened. Oh, are you was, talking about the? Yeah, yeah. was was in <laughs> the living daylights, and Q is like give, going over all the, the gadgets. cool gadgets, and just there's as an aside, there's this project that they're working on for the Americans, their American friends. Yeah, that. It, it looks like, it almost just looks like an old VH, uh, an old
0: oh, camera. Oh, okay. No, no, it's, a, it's, it's a, like an 80s bo- uh, It's massive, box.
1: right. It looks like that. Yeah. And it just vaporizes this dummy. Oh, like a, a yeah. missile.
0: Oh, ghetto blaster. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> called yeah. it a ghetto
1: blaster. So, you know, for our
0: American friends, <laughs> yeah. we have the ghetto blaster. I, was, I, I told was like, Trent, I was like, oh, this is cringe, man. I was like, man, there's, a, there's a point
1: early in that movie where it's not necessarily racist, but they're Definitely approaching that. Line. Well, I think the
2: thing that really gets me the most on that is like, does England think that they don't have like low-income communities? I'm, <laughs> right. I'm confused about this. I'm really confused about this. Like, um, well, I, I will the say Triangle Trade had three points. It was and the 80s. You guys are one of them, yeah.
1: right? It was the 80s, and I'm sure a major thing that was getting reported in England was our crack epidemic here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that that had something to do with it. I don't already, know if it's that This is, like a, this is like a year after Do the Right Thing comes out. They're <laughs> like, this
2: is the joke we're going to put into this movie. Yeah, that was one I was sure. like, yep, I know what you're talking about. Guys, how great mm-hmm. is Cuban License to Kill, though? He's like on the adventure with them. Yeah, was that was out there. That was cool. It's well, real fun. There's certain
1: moments when, where he's like, what are you doing there? <laughs> I, I really felt for him when he was like, a couple times he was told that he can't help. And he, he wanted to so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially at the end when he's just like, no, don't want to help i drove this car i did my part let me
0: help let me help i could help i can help let me help any super duper deep cut random factoids just about bond in general
2: um george Lazenby very famously when he was going in for his audition found out who sean connery's taylor was and went in and stole sean connery's suit and went into an audition with sean connery's suit tailored hey. For Sean Connery. I'd
1: heard that, and wasn't it after he had already what? tried to go into the audition wearing regular ass clothes and they told him to get the fuck out? Yep, yeah, he'd and gone he in like with school.
2: his regular clothes, then he found out he found Connery's tailor and stole his stole suit. It, yeah. He stole his suit, yeah. Was, wow. he, he's admitted to that many times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Uh, so that's a good one. Um, I think something I love about the James Bond films is that quite often, it's not every time, but quite often, um, they're very incestuous in their hiring. So, like, first off, a number of actors have appeared. In the films, like Robert Brown, who plays M in both Dalton films, um, and he also plays M in two of the Moore films, uh, played another character before that. Um, Mm -hmm. They just don't really talk about it. Um, Maude Adams, who plays Octopussy, plays a Bond girl in The Man with the Golden Gun. Um, Mm. It's not the same character, because she dies in The Man with the Golden Gun. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, But they just were like, we really like you. Um, Brosnan, uh, the first time that you can see him at the premiere for, I believe it's For Your Eyes Only, because the Bond girl in For Your Eyes Only was Pierce Brosnan's wife. He was a very young actor. She was an older woman. And um, she actually ended up dying of cancer before he was hired as Bond. But oh my God. Um, basically, at the premiere, you could see pictures of very young Pierce Brosnan with Roger Moore. And the producers at that point were like, oh, we got to keep this guy on our list. Like, he looks great. He could be, and he's like a burgeoning actor. We could maybe use him wow. later. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, those are some good ones, right? Yeah. So, those were really good. Um, You're welcome.
0: Sorry if you've already said this. Favorite movie thus far? Your favorite Bond movie? Oh, my favorite Bond movie? Uh-huh.
2: Uh, License to Kill. Okay. Then it's uh, Then it's On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and then it's Casino Royale. Then it's from Russia with Love. I believe after that is The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, and I'm sort of forgetting the rest of this movie. Least favorite? Uh, of the Day is absolutely the worst Bond film that's ever been made, and I just don't think there's an argument against that, to be honest. I know some people who defend it, and um, they're just less intelligent than me. <laughs> do you
0: (laughs) what's the premise on that one again just real quick
2: uh he dies another day um (laughs) that's the ice castle the asian guy became a Uh, white guy the diamonds diamonds in his face face. ricky you although it's a weird one hallie berry is in that she is and rosamund pike is in it and they're trying but it just it's weird and madonna (coughs) has a cameo in it that's totally unnecessary like you don't put a cameo for madonna in your movie that's supposed to just like be there like she's too recognizable for that. It's like Ed Sheeran being on that one episode of Game of Thrones, except Stupid. Madonna is better yeah. than Ed Sheeran. Correct.
1: I'm going to disagree there because she went to the University of Michigan, so she's trash to me. Great. She's but better. anyway. Don't have a horse um, in that
2: race. Yeah.
1: That's fine. Uh, who's going to be the next Bond? Who should be the next Bond? Well, that's a different yeah, yeah. Different Who do you think? I should be the
2: absolutely next have been. Uh, I don't think that he's been asked in any way, um, but I absolutely have been really have a desire to see Riz Ahmed as Bond um, probably most famously he was the bad guy in Venom Tom mm-hmm. Hardy um, oh, but wow. he's been acting for a long time he's in Nightcrawler he's in Four Lions uh, he was in Star Wars Rogue One Night Of right. um, that The that Night Of yeah, shows. yeah so he's a very good actor he's British I think he's got the right build he is about the right age um, he's not too young or is he, he, he older he's older than us Okay. so uh, the fact that he's older than me means that he would not be the youngest James Bond so like sure Like, uh, cool. and he's not old um, I forget the guy's name, but I believe the only person right now who's been brought in for, like, a serious talk slash interview is, um, the guy who played Rob Stark on Game of Thrones, and he's... Oh, Richard Madden. Yeah. So, he's been brought in for interviews. Um, he good. It. I mean, he basically he'd, was he'd, in, in Bodyguard. That's what I heard. That was sort of what, oh, like, cool. put him up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, like, they'll cast who they want to cast. Uh, they're, they're batting a thousand right now, in my opinion. So, like, I'm gonna... I, I, when they cast Daniel Craig I was like this is bullshit Bond here's blue mm-hmm. eyes this is not James Bond mm-hmm. yeah. he did a great job and they made the right decision so I'll follow that um, but I would, I would I would love to see Riz Ahmed that would be that would be my pick uh, and uh, yeah I, I think he would be a fantastic James Bond to be honest so
0: awesome well dude this is, this episode is chunk full of, of Bond and I love it uh, chunked full I'm pretty did sure the saying say is chalked full that's what okay that's, you know what I meant. <laughs> well, yeah, do that in the post, uh, Nicholas. Uh, real quick, T-Hom, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh,
2: pretty much Twitter is the only thing that I'm using nowadays. It's just at t Robert. Uh, that's it. Uh, I am I tweet about Timothy Dalton a lot. It's pretty, it's, I, mean, I really do. It's Timothy Dalton and John claude Van Damme. I'm just always tweeting about those two dudes, so.
0: Dude, hell yeah. Oh my god. I'm
1: glad you said John called my name, because last night I was dancing like him at the bar. Oh, I bet you were. I bet you were. Oh my god, thanks for coming on, man.
0: Yeah,
1: thanks for having me, guys. How did you get the part?
0: That is a long story. I don't know if we've got time for that. It's a culmination of many, many years. I was asked, uh, or at least approached, three or four times in the past. And um, uh, originally, I didn't want to take over from Sean Connery. Uh, he was far too good. He was wonderful.
1: Well, you must have been awfully young, too.
0: I was. I was about 24, 25, which is too young. But when you've seen Bond from the beginning, you don't take over from Sean Connery.
1: Something I'd like to briefly bring to your attention is that although the Aston Martin is synonymous with James Bond cars, it wasn't even used until the third installment of the Bond movies. It's been used the most, though. It's been used eight times, but you've also had Ford used four times, Bentley twice, Lincoln twice, Lotus twice, Audi once, BMW once, Chevrolet once, Range Rover once, and Rolls-Royce once.
0: Something I would like to bring your attention is Halle Berry.
1: Run away as fast as you can. 24-7, 365, pussy stays on my mind. I, 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 did
0: it Alright, alright I admit it Now pick your next move You can leave or live with it
1: We're gonna start with hip-hop today Trent, what's the news in hip-hop?
0: Well, your boy uh, This past Monday Went to the Novo At LA Live And saw one of my favorite guys uh, Pusha T If you know, you know One half of clips, if you will hey, hey, hey. Former president of good music mm-hmm. As well Mm-hmm. Um, dude, it was great. So uh for those that don't live in Los Angeles, uh Coachella is obviously the biggest festival on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And um, the
1: biggest waste of money.
0: I didn't say that, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why I made, yeah, it is. So
1: you could say it then.
0: It's a waste of money. It's trash. <laughs> it's all it is is you're spending thousands of dollars for Instagram photos. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um <laughs> so now you like Coachella. To do... Yeah. What? What did you do? So Coachella is two weekends now. So what happens is a lot of artists will play smaller LA shows between the weekends. Um, so Pusha T did a show at the Novo on Monday. It was like forty bucks, and it was totally worth it. Um, he's great. He's got a. He's been around for so long. Um, his features and his originals. He's got such a deep catalog. He's got a healthy resume. Healthy, um, and so. Uh, Yeah, the energy is great. I was talking to you about it earlier. Like a lot of rap shows now have they turned into rock concerts. It feels like uh, yeah, like a heavy metal show. Like people are moshing and jumping. Like I was sore the next day. Yeah, dude, it was great. He's got a great stage presence, and uh, it was cool to see. You know, it's always cool when you do shows like that. They're a little more smaller venue Mm -hmm. where you can hear everyone rapping or singing along.
1: Yeah, I don't know Um, if I ever told you this. Maybe I did. He's the Outside of people that come into the restaurant, I'll say that. But outside of people that come into the restaurant, he is the celebrity I've seen the most. Oh, hands down. Really?
0: Yep. Just out and about.
1: Hmm. Oh, I don't know if he lives in LA even, or we'll if think he, he lives off here, yeah. of Melrose uh, Melrose Boulevard. But he's the got a pretty recognizable too. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him at Whole Foods, and I've seen him at that section of Melrose Boulevard just walking alone five times. And he's a very dis- distinct yeah. looking had guy. haircut for years. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Since, since clips. Yuck. People hear the yuck and they know yeah. it's me, dude. Uh, <laughs> I see him all the time and I, I will one day get up the gumption to be like, I
0: love you, dude. I just want a Ric Flair woo at the guy. Oh, that'd be cool. I love that he woos in so many of his songs. He's cool, man. Uh, but no, dude, he's just one of those rappers that I think uh, he was around a while ago, had a big pop obviously with his brother. Mm -hmm. And then since he's been with Good Music and worked with Kanye, um, like I own a hard copy of, uh, what's the album? Is it My Name is My Name? The one with the barcode on it? On vinyl? No, CD CD? actually. (laughs) When I was still buying CDs. Laser disc. It wasn't that long ago actually. It was only probably like five years ago or so. Anywho. uh, What
1: else is going on in hip hop? The number one song of the the time right now is called Old Town Road.
0: And it's I, We have to acknowledge trash. it. We have to acknowledge just... it. So I watched uh, on Hot 97 with Peter Rosenberg and all those dudes. They were talking about it and how... One thing I do like about it is they were arguing, like, the classification. Like, if you can't call this country or hip-hop, then, like... What is it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, you need to take... Then they started bringing up, like, the theme song for the new Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's number one on hip hop records. Post Malone. But they were saying, that's not a hip hop record. Right. And I agree. That, that should be on the pop charts. That should be on the pop charts. So, in terms of the song, uh, we, Nick and I were talking about this. It's just, I mean, he's this moment's shittier version of Soulja Boy. Yeah. Soulja Boy, what's up? Unless he does something super duper creative, the, the runtime of the song is under three minutes. Billy Ray Cyrus is on a remix of it. The, 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 the song is trash. It's pretty much a joke. It's like an instant meme. It's really bad. Um, if you wanna like buy Yeah.
1: Horses in the bar.
0: Yeah. If you uh look at if you just
1: listen to the words, they don't make sense.
0: Yeah. I hate I hate that we have to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. I do think that people should chill out on the classifications and in terms of like charts and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's making money, good on him. He's making his money. But it's honestly... Terrible. I don't know anything else about this kid. He wants to call it country. He wants to call it country trap or whatever the hell he's calling it. I don't really give a shit. Just keep it off my ears. (laughs) But it's a pretty awful song. Yeah. Um, Oh, back to Pusha T to end hip-hop on a good note. If you haven't seen his Coachella performance or at least his set design on his stage, Mm. he's got... People dressed up like essentially like the bad guys in the Bond movie to keep in reference that are in like snowsuits that are dancing. They look like military, like a bottomless snowman, like like you would wear to hide in snow. Yeah, like Yeti shit. And he's standing to open his set. He's standing on a giant, like almost like iceberg thing of snow, obviously to represent Coke. Um... But in the, and everyone's in all white. Mm-hmm. It's like, this guy's had the longest career <laughs> just because of rapping about dealing drugs. <laughs> coke, coke rap. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the best at it.
1: Yeah. He's, he's like one of the, probably the founding father of coke rap. He sal- and I brothers. mean, he salutes
0: Jay a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in that song, Drug Dealers Anonymous, that came out a couple of years ago. Anywho.
1: While we're on this, last thing. Yeah. When we were talking about how much Coachella sucks and it's a massive waste of money... <sighs> Here's another reason why it's a massive waste of money. Apparently, they live stream it. Yeah, you can watch it in your bed. So you can watch, you it, can can watch it for free. Girl, you know you ain't gotta pay for nothing around me. I'm the bullet queen. I give it to you for free 99. Free 99?
0: You can see it in bed. Here. And you can see, you can see and hear it better than there.
1: Ridiculous. Uh-huh. That's This Week in Hip Hop. from a Golden State at, from Portland where I lay at. I'm the Daddy Mac Mac Daddy with Hooper Rabbit. Cross, uh, hustling all this game I'm giving is probably going to be a caption when the lights and camera off I'm still be by that action. This week in basketball, we're going to start out with some Spartan news. My guy and everyone's guy, Magic Johnson, has quit being the president of basketball operations with the Los Angeles Lakers, which I think is a good move.:
0: Yeah, I, I mean, give your two cents I'll give mine. Well, I think
1: it's a good mood, move because he was clearly unhappy. Yeah. With the restrictions that are on the role uh, that are with the role of being the president of basketball operations like you cannot talk to anybody or about anybody that's not affiliated with the Lakers because then it's tampering. For instance, he couldn't say yeah. congratulations to Dwayne Wade on a great I career. I think he's
0: just too much of a personality to be that involved. He's with a professional franchise.
1: He's the biggest name in the history of the Los Angeles Lakers who've had a quite a history. Yeah. And he's very entrenched with everybody. The Bus family runs the whole thing, like I told you earlier, a lot like the McMahon family. It's a lot of, just for some reason, there's storylines <laughs> that are unnecessary and a whole lot of drama going on behind the scenes. Drama! But Magic has been there for all of it. Yeah. And I think that in the last two years as being president, he realized, just how. Unfun and miserable that organization is ran. Yeah. And right now they've got LeBron, James. LeBron there, who is one of the best basketball players of all time, probably number two. Certainly not number one. Um just a reminder. But he's yeah, just in case anyone needed a reminder, which they don't, because Michael, you don't need a reminder. Anyway, but the way that the Lakers are trying to operate is LeBron is the focus, and he's kind of the shot caller yeah. with all of this, yeah, and that's just a terrible way to run
0: a business, which is what this is. It's a business. well, I think uh, the issue is, you know, weeks and in, months into this past season, people are already rumors swirling around about Luke Walton getting fired right. That's your coach, right. That's uh, the guy that's in charge immediately. Day to day and of your players, mm-hmm. and so if that's already you know at the beginning of your season, that's already going around. They had a you know a slew of injuries. Can't really predict that, but I think as we know, not just today, but in general, that organization has been run very poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very high standard. You come to LA um, as a talent or even as a personality or a coach or someone involved with the team. It's a different thing than if you go then to Milwaukee or Detroit or indiana or new Orleans Mm -hmm. like it's there's a show like you said the the lake show right Mm -hmm. um there's this prestige there's this um it's different Mm -hmm. and i think the lakers organization the bus family expect that and if you don't necessarily want to put on that show or if you don't have the desire to do that Mm -hmm. um you're probably not going to fit in there well that's also to fall in line with whatever they want you to do
1: correct like the McMahon family. Yeah. The thing is the Magic said that it wasn't fun anymore. So he wasn't happy. Yeah. And so he needed to step away, which I think is great. Because a happy Magic Johnson is the only Magic Johnson that the world needs. I agree. He's one of the most gregarious sports personalities, yeah. American personalities, that we know. 100%. And it's not it's not because he's a sad person. It's because he's relentlessly happy. Yeah. And this is also a guy who didn't... He doesn't need this paycheck. No. He's got tens of businesses. He's got his own money from his own career. He's set up. I hope so he just is... made a, a decision based yeah. on happiness. Think... And why the fuck not? Be happy with your life. Sure. Get away from a toxic c-
0: situation, which is what the Los Angeles Lakers are. Sure. Uh, my issue with the whole thing is that I I hope that is for the betterment of the team. I'm not like a – I wouldn't even say I'm a Laker fan. I'm a basketball fan. I happen to live in L.A., so I'm around that all the time. Uh, I would hope whoever gets in there is just more of a behind-the-scenes person. I think Magic had too much star power and too much of a personality, right? Um, So he's in front of the camera all the time, even. But again, this is the Lakers where everybody is always – sure yeah so who knows i hope it's just whoever they have is better um real quick because it is playoffs who are we enjoying right now damian lillard yep absolutely slain lillard a chance to send the thunder home lillard long range three and it's good at
1: the buzzer damian lillard are you kidding me Which is amazing. Earlier, I was talking to Chinadu, who we had on the pod a couple episodes ago. And I was making the claim that this was the year that OKC could challenge Golden State. Mm. And Chinadu was like, no, you're full of it. And I was like, this is why, this is why, this is why, this is why. And OKC just met is, is playing the Portland Trailblazers right now, and Damian Lillard is destroying them. He's great. He's fantastic. Who do you see in the finals? Golden State. And probably if Kyle Lowry can show up in the fucking postseason for for the Raptors, I was gonna say, the Raptors, I was gonna say Toronto. Yeah. I'd see the and then I believe it would be Golden State. Although I think that the we all know that Kawhi Leonard's great at defense, but I think that he's so good at defense.
0: And he's a fun guy.
1: Uh, He's so good at defense that it affects the rest of the squad much more than most other players. So I think that they'll be able to keep it closer than everyone thinks. But I think Golden State's going to win. Virginia, in college basketball news, won the national title in what was the most boring Final Four in the history (laughs) of Final Fours. Unfortunately, I know the last pod I was super stoked on Michigan State. It was basically a Michigan State pod last week.
0: Yeah. Um, They lost. (laughs) Well, the fun thing about that is... Virginia the year before was a number one seed lost to a number sixteen seed first men's which has never to ever do that never happened. Yep. The following year they come back to win it all first time in their college history, which is cool. That's a- there is a lot of
1: there's a few not a lot of asterisks with their run.
0: Okay, there was a
1: couple plays two or three that have already been the moment they've happened. They were argued that. They were terrible, there were terrible calls made by referees that benefited Virginia in the last seconds of games Mm. to win. Wow. So it's just kind of weird. You know, I have a hard time caring as soon as Michigan State's house. (laughs) That's this week in basketball. We're gonna send it over to Trent for this week in wrestling. It's a new day. Yes it is.
0: Well, this week in wrestling, we are seeing um, some great um, follow-up weeks to WrestleMania. Um, Usually, Nicholas, what happens is you kind of have a little breather. They reset. This is the beginning of the new wrestling calendar, essentially, for WWE. Um, But they aren't slowing down. Um, Becky won the Raw Women's and SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania in the main event, which is great. Um, So... She is now calling herself Becky Two Belts in a thick Irish accent, which is awesome. She's amazing. She's (laughs) Dude, she's fucking great. She's so over right now. She's very popular, um, and it's well-deserved. Kofi Kingston won the WWE title, which is great. Everyone was super pumped about that. Uh, And it's a huge deal um, just for him as a wrestler, um, for his career, and also for um, being an African-American and winning the title. Um, It's... Uh, If if you look around Twitter or the internet or or wrestling fans or wrestlers um, talking about the moment of just how important it is, uh, it's a representation, right? Women getting more time, you know, Kofi winning. um, This is so that, you know, uh, people have been talking like a little black kid sees Kofi win the title, Mm -hmm. you know, how that can have a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great. I, I love what's happening right now with the product. Um, they had what's called the Superstar Shake-Up this past week. Uh, they used to do a draft. So there's the Raw brand, and they have their own superstars. And there's a SmackDown brand, and they have their own superstars. So <clears throat> in lieu of the draft, they do what's called a Superstar shakeup, And essentially, they just kind of, on Monday and then the following Tuesday, back-to-back, back, uh, different wrestlers will switch brands. Mm. And so um, Finn, who was on... Uh, Finn Balor, who's the Intercontinental Champion, who was on Raw, is now on SmackDown. That was, that was a big switch. AJ is now on Raw, AJ Styles. And the big dog, Roman Reigns, who has been the anchor for Monday Night Raw for a while, and Vince is obviously top dude, is now on SmackDown. And an interesting ha- thing happened on SmackDown this past Tuesday is that there was, you know, the whole show they're promoting biggest SmackDown uh Uh, Acquisition of all time Blah 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 Gets to the very end of the show Elias comes out He's doing his song Mm. Roman Reigns interrupts Beats the shit out of Elias Which is cool Then Stands toe to toe with Mr. McMahon And punches him in the face And so I thought that was a great creative. They're, um,
1: they're turning his character, it sounds like. Well,
0: so I think what they're going to do is I don't think they're going to turn him full heel. I think what they're going to do is just, you don't tell me what to do. The fans don't tell me what to do. McMahon's definitely don't tell me what to do. Mm. I make the rules. And this whole thing is, it's my yard. He's the big dog. It's mm. my yard. So I said the big dog now three times. Um, <laughs> uh i got to take three shots. Um, so I think that's an interesting creative move. I'll see what happens. They probably will squander it. Um, but I think that in that moment, I said out loud, I go, this is how you start to get Roman over. How you start to win the fans over with his character. Uh, so it's a very exciting time. Um, coming up soon is uh, Lucha Vivoom. They're doing their Cinco de Mayo celebration at the Mayan Theater in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. of that. So the third, fourth, and fifth. I think I'm going to try to go the fourth. Uh, We'll see. Hopefully I can get that off. But, yeah, man, in terms of other wrestling stuff, um, NXT got a few other people. They got Shane Strickland, who fought for a promotion called PCW here out of Southern California. So, uh, kudos to Shane Strickland. What else we got? Oh, Ronda Rousey's having a baby, a.k.a. I hope we don't see her for a while. Um, (laughs) if, (laughs) If she... If she does come back to the WWE, I hope that she does a lot of research and a lot of work and a lot of practice and comes back better than ever. But, man. This could be a really good
1: time. Because I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking She's insufferable Tihon, on the microphone. No, there's no off-season, right, for wrestling. Wrestling's and that 365. Might, and that would be something that if there were to be an off-season, that would really behoove her, I think.
0: Well, wrestlers like, will take time off. Okay. Either an injury happens or they just take like a sabbatical type thing, mm. right? Or they film a movie or whatever. But honestly, these men and women are some of the hardest working people in entertainment, in my mm. opinion. It, and if you're not doing a live television show or a pay-per-view, you're doing house shows. Yeah. You're doing r- radio interviews. You're in front of camera, local television. You're doing make-a-wish stuff. You're doing charitable efforts all this you're basically or you're working out or you're or you're practicing all of that stuff that you just listed off we need ronda
1: Rousey to do more of that
0: yeah and so that has been this week in wrestling
1: now we're going to talk about our friends real quick i want to say happy birthday to my homie quincy happy birthday dude he just had a birthday there we go austin boys had a birthday Uh uh-huh i wanted to wish a very merry unbirthday to my niece and nephew Lily and adam because I like Alice in Wonderland, and it's not their birthday, but it's their 10-month... What? Birth, <laughs> ...birthday. Year and 10-month birthday. Yay! Um, and that's all I've got for other people. What else is going on in my world? I'll get to that later. That's all I've got for other people. Hey, Trent.
0: Uh, real quick. Yeah, I was just uh, tacking on. We were talking to t He just got off of a, a feature film. or not, I don't know if he got off on it, but uh, he... Yeah, that's funny. I don't know if you got off from working it. <laughs> uh, I think you might still be working on it. But, uh, not to, to lessen anything, uh, Anselm did sound design and post-sound on it. And that was his first feature. And apparently he did a great job. He worked really, really hard on it. So I just want to shout out, um, yeah, to Anselm. And congrats, buddy. That's a huge, huge deal. And, uh, yeah, that's my friends. And rest of the week... Coming up in the next few weeks uh, Got the roast of Trent and Bruce Of yours truly uh, Monday uh, April 29th At 8pm <clears throat> And it's at Three Wears Brewing Company With the roast master Mark Sipka Nick Grace is going to be doing some time Maybe What? I don't know I've never done it before So I don't know You're really on have the material. list Yeah But I don't really have material I gotta figure shit out
1: Yeah figure that shit out right, dude right. Jesus It's probably going to be mostly just Hey Trent you
0: suck don't tell Moon me roasting. anything, but like, you're on. The, you have to do it. That's, that's my joke. Hey Trent, you suck. You can Moon do roasting. like a minute, but you have to do it. Don't be weird, dude. All right, what else you got going on? Um, that's the big thing coming up. Yeah, come to the roast, guys. If you're in LA, yeah, it's gonna be a really good time. I and mean, if you, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you liked the James Pod podcast. Uh, hey, I'd like to talk about myself real quick. You Oh, you haven't it. been talking about yourself this whole... Go ahead.
1: No, I haven't been. Go ahead. I'm going to the Renaissance Fair this weekend, and I'm freaking stoked about it. I also had my Can commercial I... today, and then we're going to go see a premiere of a short film that I made last uh, July. That's going to be on the 24th, like a Easy. private screening up in Rockin' Riley's private room. When's the 24th, that? On the so,
0: 24th. Which is a. I believe that's a Wednesday. Sunday.
1: Is it a Wednesday? Uh-huh. It is a Wednesday. Yeah. So it'll be next Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. What time is it at?
0: Am I allowed to come, is that what I'm asking?
1: I don't know the answer to either of those questions, but I can find out. Cool. <laughs> Sorry for cutting you off. No problem. Uh, let them know where we, you can hear it. No, nah, you, you had it covered before. I'll let you get back to it.
0: Asshat. And... Um, so the 40, 49% of the podcast, Nick Grace does what? <laughs> no, uh... Thanks for listening. If you guys like the James Bond episode, uh, make sure when we post on social media to write. If you want to hear us talk about anything else, um, if you want to be on the podcast, hit us up. Um, We love to talk about everything. Um, We've done episodes on being in a cult. We've done episodes on Shark Week. We did James Bond today. Um, You know, talk about your life. Talk about something you love. Talk about something interesting. Let us know. Uh, But you can find us on Spotify. Uh, pocket cast stitcher um apple music slash the podcast app am i missing anything there's uh, other ones but i I, you know those are if if you're having trouble finding us you can just type in nick grace and trent bruce on spotify that's how i listen to us um it's hard to kind of find another shitty podcast because there's asterisks it's another uh s asterisk, asterisk 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 y podcast but uh, other than that, you can just type in our names, and that's a kind of easy way to find us, too. Well put, Trent. Also, I
1: think it's we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that we apologize to Lolo Jones for not being able to make it to this week's episode of the pod. She called us and said that she didn't really know very much about James Bond, um, which is shocking. Unfortunate. And, know, yeah. and, and unfortunate. But we, the, sh- the show carries on, and we'll have her on next week, so we're pretty
0: excited about that. All right. We'll, hear you. we'll talk to you next week, guys. Shock it, back Shock it. Oh, no. They're shooting at us. Good thing bad guys are such terrible shots. Man, these guys are elusive.